Welcome back to the Overflow Podcast, y'all. Today's episode, today's episode, today's episode. I'm so excited to be talking to Adiola Naomi Adarimi, who is a recognized scholar, strategist, and practitioner in the field of women in LGBTQ health. Using an African and Black feminist framework, she supports individuals and governments in building sustainable healing infrastructures across different sectors of gender justice. Um, Adiola is a Nigerian Greek, raised in Niger, Nigeria, and Greece, and is currently living between West Africa and Western Europe. She is a multilingual, multilocal, and multi-format creative scholar, policy analyst, and healer. And she's a coach and her area of expertise is spirituality coaching rooted in Yoruba cosmology. And she serves activists, healers, and disruptors. I love her and I'm so excited to introduce her to you today. Enjoy the podcast. Adiola. Hello. I'm going to use your Yoruba name for you to mail. Okay, I'm ready. You can tell everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, Kristen, wow, Kristen, no. I rededicate your name to Oluwatimilei, which is like God has my back in Yoruba. Yes. And, um, because in my head, I thought to you, I was like, oh, Timilei, okay. Yes. And I was like, you're obviously like, I have so much Nigerian, like chosen family and like actual in-law family that like had already kind of adopted it. And so I was like, okay, yes, you can call me that. Everybody can call me that. And when my mom named me, I'm like wondering what ancestor maybe like whispered the exact spelling yeah. of this name. So. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think there's always some kind of uh, ancestral I believe that in Yoruba name, all names are ancestral because you get named like a grandmother or great grandmother that people think that's who you come back as. But I just feel like every name is prophetic. And I think even if for you uh, at that time when you were a kid, it didn't mean anything. But a lot of people, I'm sure like myself, when they see Timur, they're like, hmm, maybe it's just like a fun way to write Timur <laughs> Because that's what I thought. I was like, oh, this is a fun way to write to me, lady. Well, tell us about your name, at least your first name, because I know Yoruba, you have like probably many, many names. Yeah. But however many names you want to <laughs> tell us about. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the one I go by, Adeola. Uh, it's my grandmother's, uh, my grandmother gave me the name and my parents all kind of loved it too. It means, so in my family, we, uh, by our lineage, we go by Ade, which means crown. So it, it means my dad is like Ade Remy, crown that comforts me. My sister is Ade, Ayomide, my crown has come back and stuff like that. My is Adeola is, can be translated in English either as crown of prosperity or crown of wealth. Not doing extra, not not doing the most at all. <laughs> doing everything and listen. So basically right now you are listening to the person with the crown of abundance and the person who God's back, who, who has, who, who God, God has, has their back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, just want you to sit in that knowledge. 
Okay. Names are important. I, I I strongly believe that they're important because they are what you call to yourself. Mm-hmm. They are how you. So, for example, people who are called Adiremi, like my dad, is because something has happened in their life that make them become the comfort of their parents. So they're called the, mm-hmm. the person that comforts me. And it's so interesting within their relationship when I was growing up, their relationship is like so solid. They like comfort each other and it transfer into my relationship with my grandmother, my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. It's so comforting. It's so genuinely like even when she passed, I felt her before I knew she passed. I saw her saying goodbye to me before anybody else coming like, hey, grandma just passed. But it's very much like our relationship is like she chose me even in the way that my name it's it, it just everything makes sense. It's a very mm-hmm. real way, like a storytelling way where your name actually kind of shows your life path and your life choices. And I think that a lot of us Yoruba people are generally people, African diasporic people have been losing that idea of knowing what our name means, but also how they define not just us, but also our ancestors. Because also my great great grandmother used to be called Adiola. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you have that strong sense of connection, obviously, not just of like who you are, but who you've always been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in rebirth, one of like the exercises, like the first thing that we do is we kind of look at our names. And like you said, as Black people, like sometimes we'll be like, oh, well, my name is made up depending on what the name is. And I always like push back. Um, in the circle and like, yo, like that's black creativity. Um, like a black mother naming you. It doesn't really matter what you think about it. It's like there's that's meaning like and there's <laughs> yes, it's genius. So there's power there. And yeah. so when I look at my name, obviously I look at the urban the full Yoruba name and I like freely embrace that fully. Um, but there's also like, I look at the origins, obviously it's like English name. So Tamil Raven, and then I have another middle name that I won't get into, but it's like, uh, Timothy is where it comes from. So Timothy Mm -hmm. is like a saint, but it's also like a martyr for God. And then of course, Raven is the bird and it's a messenger Mm -hmm. of God. It's the crow. It is the psychopomp, all of these spiritual gifts that already, you know, are expressing themselves through me. But when I look at like the martyr, I'm like, oh no, that's not my story. I beg, like, that's not going. That's not to identify with this. (laughs) Even as you say that your name originates from Timothy, and I'm thinking about the Greek meaning of Timothy. In Greek, Timothy is Timothon Theo, I honor God. Yes. It's a name. I like that better. No, like Greek, real, the way like Greek will say Timothy is Timotheos, someone that honors God. And that is really a beautiful name. It's a name that shows a power because I think honoring God is honoring yourself, right? And yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 
listen, that's the vibe that I'm on. Like, oh, wow. Especially as we're recording this, y'all who are listening, I'm like feeling really goofy and like, I don't know today. I feel like clear and like childlike. I feel Mm -hmm. like innocent. And I don't know, as we're recording this, it's under the new moon in Libra. And I just feel like fresh. Like I feel like a new start. I feel like an offloading of like past karma, like a releasing, honestly, and a liberation of my ancestors from things that they've been carrying. Um, I feel like, you know how they say like the work is working? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to channel on this recording, but does it feel like also thinking about astrologically what's going on? Like not just that we're having the new moon, but Pluto in Capricorn is direct today. It feels like whatever had power over whether you or your ancestor, that chain has been broken. And there's this essence of, oh, it's gone. It's gone. I'm working my purpose now. Yes. And like wanting to like honor what you said, and we don't have to go deep, deep, but anytime like I'm doing connection with the moon, just because I'm a water sign, like I have heavy, heavy water energy. Like that's just how I access, but it's always like what you just said, what else is going on in the cosmos? And I do think it does have to do with this like deep shadow um, Mm -hmm. that has been excavated, really been sitting with it, really been like intentional on a month by month basis because it was retrograde for five months of like doing my work (laughs) and listening to what my ancestors were telling me. And now I do, I really do feel it. I feel clear. And so I feel like that really, how do you even, you know, connect with your ancestors? Because like you said, uh, us in the diaspora, we may not know what our ancestral practices were. Like, obviously, you're Yoruba, so Ifa, like you have built in such a rich, almost automatic um, ancestral veneration practice, but it is for all of us. So can you kind of tell us about, can we all do that? Like, can we all talk to our ancestors? Is it okay? Yes. Uh, I would like to start, first of all, but you're your ancestors. So, yes, you can talk to yourself, no? So you can talk to your ancestors. And I think that, in yes, I, I think we also have to have this conversation as diasporic Africans and also people of African descent, like myself, or Africans. As a Yoruba person, yes, we have inherently Ifa and Isheshe is part of also our culture. It's like our everyday life, even if we choose because of colonialism to name some things and vilify some practices. It's actually very difficult if you want to have a Yoruba wedding or naming to not tap into Isheshe. It's just ridiculous. But the impact of colonialism and the impact of the whole transatlantic slave trade that has divided us as a people does not divide our ancestral connection even though there are people in the diaspora like african-americans caribbean people people in europe who have no direct connection to their african ancestry you still can tap into those ancestors because they are your ancestors and also we don't talk about the resilience and the new practices the new traditions that were built so for example two years ago i started studying hoodoo which is locally mainly African-American practice. Ancestors are big. 
there's no African religion, whether continentally based or diasporic, that is not based on ancestral veneration, ancestral communion, and knowing your ancestors. Yes, they change in variety, they're different, but they also all have the same roots of connecting to those people you come from and the earth that we come from, right? So simple answer is yes, we all can talk to our ancestors. And the format can look different to different people. Some people, like myself, it's knowing the priests that come from my gen from my family, the generation of priestess and priests that have come from my family and the other families, and then having my own house, which in Yoruba is called Ile. But in the diaspora, people start making those. Like it's a very different way of making them up as we go, but they still exist in different variation of Ishe of Ifa, because Ifa in Nigeria is Isheshe, but in the diaspora, there are different varieties because of different places where people are, of course. But it's the practice is always you are your ancestors. So if you are reincarnating within that loop, you still can talk to your ancestors. And I think the one thing that people then find challenging is how do we connect? What do I say? Who do I talk to? What if I don't know their name? What if I, if I don't even know them or I was adopted and I don't know who my ancestors are, but they know you. That's I always tell people that they know you. So just speak. Yeah. I really love how you talked about us being our ancestors and then even uh, bringing up Hoodoo. I believe it's Hoodoo Heritage Month as we're, yeah, um, yeah as we're recording this, um, which is really powerful. And the, the sacred and divine connection of people who practice who do to the earth, our oldest ancestor, um, our most ancient ancestor is really powerful. And so it's looking, even if you're not a hoodoo practitioner, and but if you're a black person, you will most likely kind of look and see, oh, I do this already. Like there are so many things that we do already because we carried it with us. And so those are ways of remembering, calling into remembrance, reconnecting um, to these lineages that we may feel disconnected from, but have never lost because like you said, our ancestors know us. But how do you know, Adiola, if you are talking to your ancestor? Like, how do you know? So for me, I I grew up with a huge family and I grew up with my grandparents and I grew up listening to stories about my great-grandmother who was a Shango priestess and my grandfather who was a Ogun priest and all these things and even the names, right? And I think my journey starts with ancestral veneration in a way as a child because my great-grandmother was buried in the same back, in our compound. So... I remember me and my cousin would sit on her burial ground and my grandmother would be there sitting and we'll just be chatting and there'll be food and people like trying to get mango and papaya, but we'll all be sitting on top of her grave talking. And I actually just realized like a few days ago, why I, a few months ago, I had a dream and I remember that scene about how she was present and we were all literally sitting on top of her like, hi, oh yeah, this is your house, but like, you know, <laughs> whatever. But I think that is ancestral connection. For me, it's knowing the energy of the people. Like I feel my grandma, I feel my great grandpa, I feel my grandfather. I also see them. But that's also for people who have, this kind of abilities to see things, to 
feel things, to know things, to have dreams, vivid dreams of eras where it's not even my era. I don't even like, okay, who are these people? But then I look and I sit and observe and I see my grandfather talking to people that I have never seen in this reality. But I'm like, oh, this is, he's trying to teach me something. Okay, let me just pay attention. And because of a different protocol, in the Isheshe protocol, the way to talk to your ancestors is to go to the uh, Baba Lawo or Iyalorisha. That's the protocol. So you go to your uh, uh, godfather, godmother in the protocol, and they do, if they speak through Ifa, and they say, this is what your ancestors are asking you. This is the food you need to give them. Because in the Isheshe protocol, the way it's done is you don't feed your ancestors by yourself. And that's the difference between Isheshe and Hoodoo, for example. In Hoodoo, you can feed your ancestors. You can ask them questions. We don't feed our ancestors by ourselves. You talk to your priest. You do whatever is necessary. They know what to do. They will go with you. And as someone who come, as I said, generational house of priests and priestesses, I also had the privilege of knowing people that I have been generations in my family who we work with. So I have someone who would be like, oh, this is this. But how do I know if this person is lying how do i not become a victim of an instagram babalao (laughs) 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 because i think this is very important is learning to work with yourself and work with your intuition for me personally when i want to connect with my ancestors is really to rest stay hydrated rest and talk to them Mm. I can sit at my altar for hours and sit there and be talking like the way I'm talking to you right now. Because also I grew up with my grandparents, so I know these people. I know their energy. I sit with them and I'd be like, okay, so like grandpa, you know, this is for you. We need to talk about this. And and I sit in hours and then I'm like, okay, I need to listen. I'm going to sit here and just tell me what you want me to know. And the one thing that has been constant is every time I've sat at my altar or even just walking around the city sometimes, because I used to do that with my grandpa, would ride bike around Ibado or the city. So he uh, sometimes I would be like, okay, I need to go for a walk because I need to talk to my grandpa. And I know that's a way we communicate. And the one way is I always say like, hey, grandpa, I really need you right now. And I need you to tell me these things and this and this are something that someone said, for example, that I don't agree with. Is this true? And always for me, it's always a feeling like I always feel a hug and then the conversation start happening. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what you think. It's a conversation. It's not like somebody coming and knocking on your door and be like, bang, bang. Hey, your ancestors say this. Do you believe that? Do you hear them yourself? And hearing them doesn't come only audibly. I hear them even sometimes by seeing something like remembering something that I know that it's not my memory. I and, love that. And go ahead. Yeah. And I wanted to say that for me, the one way I, in my practice, I've noticed that the more quiet I stay, the more I take my hermit moment out and I sit and actually be like, I, I love talking, of course. So I'll be like, okay, so I need to tell you guys this. And I always talk to my grandma and my grandfather and my great grandma. They'd be like, okay, so this is. And then something be like, okay, can you shut up and listen? I was like, hey. <laughs> 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 
I'm listening and then it comes and I can sit for two hours just listening to things and then I go to my sleep and they still show up I'm like is it not enough <laughs> why are you still here well they have uh, to pay you back for all the listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> which they're like okay we've listened now it's time for you to listen mm-hmm mm-hmm the main thing that I hear you saying is like, number one, you have to be open to it. Um, and you can't just be like, I don't want to say mindless, but yeah, like you really have to be mindful and intentional about starting the conversation. What are you asking for? What are you needing? Um, and being open to the signs or the responses coming to you in the ways that may be specific to that ancestor, um, to those energies. Like the, like you said, you remember how you felt when you were with certain ancestors. And so when the feeling returns, it's like, okay, yes. Um, on the last episode of the podcast, Shayla talked about like knowing, like hearing a song that was like specific to her relationship with her father. So it's things like this that we just have to be more perceptive. And if we're not still, like you said, or if we're not clear, um, hydrated, like in our body, attentive and attuned, then we we may miss it. But that's okay because they keep getting your attention. They, they, they keep, keep coming. coming because they actually never leave you. And that's the sometimes it becomes annoying because I'm like, I, I don't want you here. Like, this is my moment. Like, but this is our moment. Like, excuse me, step back. And that's also something we need to learn, right? And I think the one thing that you said that I also want to reiterate, it's an invitation. It's a relationship. It has to be consensual. You have to want to be in relationship with your ancestors. Yes, you are your ancestors. Yes, they want you to evolve. Yes, they want the elevation of your lineage. I mean, not all of them because some of them are dead people. Some ancestors are dead people. Just leave them alone. They're dead. It's either you're... ready to do the work to elevate them wow good for you well done but if you want them to stay dead please let them be dead and talk to the ones that are actually ancestors because i think also we always forget everybody thinks that everybody who's passed on is an ancestor i'm like no some people are dead 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 like they're not good they don't want you to be good they want to kill your lineage so you might as well leave them to be dead and call on the ones who actually want the lineage to move forward. Listen, you're speaking the truth because, I mean, I've definitely, without getting into too much specifics, it's like, yo, this ancestor is not honorable, yo. Like, not only were they not honorable in their in their living, but even in their in those in those realms in the astral realm, they are wreaking havoc and chaos in the lives of us because they don't want us to be happy and so it's yeah, very think, very troubling but it's real it's real and i think it's the same in our physical and i think the one thing we don't it's interesting because i love that we're recording this in october there's a period where the thing is so vain and sometimes i cut that period when i come into my room because my i have a room for my altar and when i get in everybody's there and i'm like what is the family meeting going on? Because I I wasn't invited, I guess. And it's it's very much to know that there are energies there that you're like, you see them, they're just like chilling there, observing. I'm like, are you going to work or are you just going to be watching? 
because like I have jobs for you. But if you're gonna be watching, I don't want you in my food. I don't want you in my house. This is not a theater room. And sometimes you have to have this conversation, especially I wanted to make a very good example with my grandfather because <sighs> African grandparents. Anyway, this man had a polygamous family. So of course the ancestral realm is also full of many, many people because of that kind of situation. I think he himself also come from a polygamous family and then his father. So there's like a huge line of people that I'm just like, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Who are you? Why are you here? Did I call you? And it's the relationship, it's about the boundaries. The way we build boundaries in the physical realm is also the way we need to build boundaries in the ancestral realm. Not every dead person in your family needs to be on your altar. Not every dead person that is in your lineage needs to be elevated. Not every, I mean, maybe somebody should elevate them at some point if they want to, but some of them don't want to, and it's okay. And some of them actually want, my great grandmother was in a dream was telling me like some of them really want you to fail and you have to be to want to be like okay we're calling a family meeting the good ones it's time to fight the bad one because this is your shit not mine like not my business i am just here to live a life of abundance and fulfillment you all remember my name so please make that happen and stop this person yeah. And I was just going to ask, too, and it's like, what can we ask them for? Um, and and does it depend? Like, because I know that some some of us or I've even seen, like, you know, especially like Instagram spirituality. It's like ask your ancestors to this, this and this. Um, but can it be general or does it really need to be specific? I feel like everything you ask in the spirit world and everything you ask your ancestors have to be specific. and. I told one client once, I was like, all this bitter men falling around your path, it's time to ask your deadbeat male ancestors to do the work. Like, this is not your fight. Give them the machete. Let them go fight their gender. I tend to be very Black feminist in my work as a healer, and I tend to tell people to tell their ancestors about themselves. So I know, for example, what I go to my grandfather for. When I want nurturing, gentle kindness, like bring me all the abundance, I go to my great-grandmother, my grandmother. And I remember we had a session where for the first time, there's a part of my ancestry that I don't even talk to, but now I do, thanks to you, because they came out, they came through you. They're like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to work with you. I'm like, uh-uh, thank you, no, stay back. But after that session we had together, I went and did more meditation and work and learn more about them. And it's been a nice journey. We, we're getting there. We, I haven't got to the point of speaking to them anyhow yet, but I still ask them for stuff and it's getting done. So we're getting there. But I think for me, it's asking. So, for example, if you come from a family where there's like maybe any sort of discord, I always tell my grandma about her son. When my dad is like acting Nigerian, too Nigerian, I'm like, okay, I need to take this man to his mother because I don't know what to do with this man. Because this man, I don't know what to tell him. 
And I don't want to say anything because my relationship with my dad is precious to me and I love him. But sometimes he get on my nerve and I don't want to say anything. I was like, okay. And I remember my grandma always saying, you have to treat your dad like a child. You have to be soft with him. He's a soft man, but you also have to be soft. And I tend to be very agitated super quick because I'm a Sagittarius rising and he's a, he's a Virgo and I'm a Capricorn. So it's just very like, but on those days where I'm feeling very agitated, I just take a deep breath and I'm like, call on my grandmother, like, please help me speak to your son. Or you go speak to him. And then he called me back. He's like, oh, you know, just want you to know. I remember that joke my mom used to talk about you. I was like, good. And this is a nice way to end this. The work is working. (laughs) (laughs) The work is always working. So you can call on your ancestors. You can ask them pretty much anything as long as, what would you ask them if they were here? What would you ask your great-grandparents? What you ask your grandparents? And the relationship is always think about your ancestors as people that start your lineage. So you have like billions of ancestors. What would you ask them? Because they are yours. And if you think about the fact that their sole responsibility is your protection and your spiritual elevation and that elevation to transfer into your physical world into your current reality. Everything they have been through in this physical realm, they don't want you to pass through it. They want you to have it easier. They want it to be more easeful for you, to be more joyful, to be more fulfilling. So if that's what your elevated ancestors, because they're mad ancestors, but I'm going to focus on the good ones. If that's their job and they're a gazillion of them, then if you honestly call them and ask them, ask them anything. And if it's within their power, they will do it. And most of the time it is. And most of the time, of course, as I said, through hoodoo, you need to feed them. So on my altar, sometime when I'm trying to sweeten up my ancestor, I'll put honey. Because in Yoruba, we always revere honey, alcohol, water, and put it on the altar and pray on it. Or sometimes cola nuts, bitter nuts, pray on it and say everything that I want. And my ancestors will bring it. And the session that Adil is talking about is from our Reclaiming Our Bloodlines live class. Um, You can check it out on the website. The recording is there. You could take it instantly. Um, And we talk a lot about like the basics of how to build an altar. Um, So if you want to go deeper and start your ancestor veneration practice, I definitely recommend it's there. I mean, and tell me a little bit about, because like you said, the message came through me, like everybody's not, everybody's ancestor is not going to be channeled through me, but if they are getting ancestral messages from a practitioner, what are some ways like in that moment, how did you know that it was, I was channeling the, the, uh, the right energy, I guess I'll say it like that. Yeah, I think for me, it was also my own discernment. I would say, first of all, use your discernment, use your discernment. And I I have a method with my ancestors. If I'm talking to someone else that is not myself, is to ask a question within me that that person have no access to and doesn't know. And if any of the words that I said inside me came out through the healer or the practitioner, then I know that that's my ancestor speaking. Because I always thought like, okay, I'm going to this workshop. If that person say this and this and this and this, I know they're legit. 
And also, I don't attend just any workshop on Instagram. Yes. If I want facts. to send something, I first of all write it down, take it to my guys, take it to my ancestors and pray about it and be like, okay, is this worth it or is this another scam? And first of all, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't take clients, for example, if my ancestors don't approve of it. If a client's booked through the website, I already put on the website that I have the right to say that we can't work together. I'll take their name to my ancestor, be like, okay, I have this client and they want to book for this day. Is this something I should do? And I will know because they will tell me like, yeah, that person will just bring you more trouble. So why do I want to be in someone that will bring me more trouble? I don't want your trouble. <laughs> no. I, I have enough of my own, please. So for me, when you mentioned that, I was in a stage where I have been thinking about tapping into those ancestors because I have been seeing them in my dreams. Mm. And specifically the person you channel, I have been seeing them in my dream, but I'm just like, I'm not interested in your, in your lineage. I just don't know. And that's my and that's it's honestly true, and I want people to know that that's my own personal feeling about my experience in this reality with their mm-hmm. uh, with their descendant, and mm-hmm. their descendant being my mother, who I have no relationship with. So of course I don't want to have relationship mm-hmm. with her ancestors too, but they've been like, we need to let you know that we love you, and we would like to be we've been there for you, and we want you to know that we can give you the love she never gave you. I'm sorry. Ah, la, 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 I don't want to know. I'm just like, I'm good. I am very good. I have like a legend of ancestors that are great. And they're just like, so you don't want more great ancestors? Like, like so you don't want more goodness? Like, <laughs> so when that channeling come, it was just a perfect, because we also had a meditation before, after that channeling. So it was also like during the meditation, she was very present. And I saw her clearly. So it wasn't like just I'm taking your word for it. It was she made her present known. And I saw her in my dream seven days after that, every day for seven days after that. So she was just like, yes, I'm here. Thank you for letting me talk to you. This is nice. I love it here now. I'm just like, wow, okay. (laughs) Enjoy your time. Oh, I'm so happy. You know, the thing is, that is usually what clients say. Like that's, it's like in the moment, it's like, how did you know that? Or that's exactly what they used to tell me, you know, um, or for instance, like we have been in communication um, casually, of course, through Instagram, but I didn't know any of that, you know, about your relationship with your mom or any of that. So I think that is how you, as a person seeking guidance or maybe um, unexpectedly receiving ancestral guidance because some, sometimes it's not always planned as I 3333 as I say that like sometimes the message just comes when the message comes and so if you are open to it those are the ways um, that you can kind of guide yourself um, yeah and but if you're afraid so- go ahead it's also they they know I, I wasn't prepared for it. The message came through you without me getting prepared. I was ready to come to my grandma to give me all the blessings. That was the person's name who I put in the in my head. That was the person I wanted to talk to that day. 
But my great grandma was like, you're about to talk to me. It's me today you must talk to. And I'm just like, girl, please sit back. But she was like, no, not today. What? So it's, a, it's like, because I'm already doing the ancestral world, she knows that I, I know if she comes through. I will know who comes through. But she also knows that I was resisting her when she'd been coming through to me. So it's a matter of like, and I know I want to say this to people, when you start doing your ancestral work, they will use whatever method to get in touch with you. They will tell you the same thing a 500 times if you choose to not listen and they know that's not for your good. They will remind you again. They'll be like, but we told you. And we told you again. And we want to remind you again. They will use all methods to remind you. And you have to then be the one to know if you're ready to listen or you're going to ignore them to your detriment. Because the thing is, they also know how to fix the lineage because they are part of the lineage and they see the way the lineage is going. And they know that the only way to heal the lineage is to heal you currently in your current situation. That doesn't mean you have to heal whatever damaged relationship exists. Does that mean I'm going back to heal the relationship with my mom? No, but I'm healing the damage that has done to me. And that's also on her if she wants to heal her relationship with herself and her child. But I know now and I claim now my ancestry through her too, because that's my ancestry too. Yeah, it's your inheritance. And I think that it's also, obviously I'm not a priestess um, in your tradition, but as a priestess and as a person who receives messages and honors the messages that come through people who have that particular anointing or gift, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that even though spirit is saying, so I'm just telling you, it makes sense that that was the way by which the message came because Mm -hmm. you would have not listened um, in any way. So just. Yeah. No, it it really makes sense. Like I think, also, that was super, for me, confirmed a lot of things, not only about your work, but also about the answer, the way you allow yourself to be used when you're in a space of working with people, other people's ancestors. And the way that has been for me when I work with other people's ancestors, it has to be you are allowing yourself to be used to heal a whole lineage. You're not, you, you have no idea what you're saying at that moment you don't know what the message is coming but the message that is coming is healing a whole lineage is healing somebody's soul and that's why ancestral work and not just veneration but communion and diligence and being able to reclaim that legacy is so important because we're healing traumas that goes down generation but also healing people's life without even knowing sometimes like you didn't know what you didn't know my life actually that day. You were just like, oh, this is the message. And I was like, okay, interesting. Thank you so much for being the mouthpiece for this person. <laughs> you know, I'm over here like fighting back tears, but we give thanks um, to spirit and to your lineage that you'll be whole on both sides and you are whole. Um, I am being called to do a message. I guess it's for you if you want it. If you don't, it can also be shifted to collective reading. Let me ask you for consent because <laughs> I'm like, mm, 
I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. It's not from the ancestors, though, okay. necessarily. And I think there is relevance um, for us all. Huh? So, you know, it's for you, King of Wands, <laughs> Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also for the collective Ten of, Pen- uh, Ten of Cups at the bottom. So I'm going to keep going. There is something about this month, though, honestly, and this Pluto Direct. There is a, the inner fire that is being restored um, or rekindled, it feels. And there has previously been, uh-huh, bottom of the deck, the death card or the ancestors. So we're using um, the Thoth deck, y'all. Um, and so we have the Knight of Wands, which is the King of Wands in this deck. The Eight of Swords, which is called Interference. The Queen of Swords, this new moon in Libra. And mm-hmm. the Seven of Swords. Oh. Ancestor veneration not only is a birthright, but as we're coming into our conscious awareness um, of our multidimensionality, of other realms, of our spiritual gifts, it is a responsibility there are things and battles that are being fought by our ancestors, but there are some, certain things and certain protections that we're basically missing out on, Spirit is saying, because we have not initiated the relationship. Um, and the robbery or the theft of our connection to our ancestors by what you said through colonialism is a violence that we continue to perpetrate against ourselves if we do not um, start cultivating these relationships. So this isn't a admonishment, but it is a little bit of a warning spirit is saying there are things that are happening. There are times that we are about to experience that it is so important that we have these relationships. Um, And as we do that, I pulled three more cards. Now we have the 10 of pentacles at the bottom. So this is our inheritance. As we do that, as we heal our bloodlines, as we reclaim our connection to our ancestors, we have the hangman, the six of cups and the king of cups. Mm. So we heal our souls, literally, like Adiola was saying, but we also, in, in healing the whole lineage, there's something that happens to us in the physical. We heal our families and not just our bloodlines, but we're able to be in communion and in community with other people. Yeah. And there is a direct connection between having a good relationship with your ancestors and being able to do life with other people because that separation prevents you from having, wow, spirit drag. Okay, prevents you from having, (laughs) it prevents you from having intimacy. Yes. Yo. It's so, it's such a drag, but it's a good drag because I think, and I know I don't I know you know my work. My work is really about reconnecting with our ancestors, not just only black people, but everybody, because everybody. we cannot everybody needs to work with their ancestors. 
And it's a huge responsibility because we, one group of people cannot keep doing the work and one group not doing the work. We cannot work by division. We cannot ignore the traumas that we collectively share through the collective experience of humanity. When I say humanity, like the lively, the, the, the experience that we have as people of African diaspora, the fact that I'm Yoruba and you're African-American and our experience are very different. That is, there's a reason, there's a historical gap. And I'm having this conversation with one of my closest friends who is African-American. We went to West Africa together. We went to Benin together and we were seeing this, we were learning like voodoo. And we saw this priestess who was like, there's work in all of our lineage that needs to be done for centuries. So for example, in Yoruba culture, every house have their designated Orisha. A lot of people, because of colonialism and slavery, have deserted their home shrines or they've moved to other Abrahamic religion and stop feeding their shrines, stop feeding themselves, stop feeding their ancestral lineage. Not feeding your ancestral lineage means cutting yourself from your blessings. And we live in a world where like, why are all these things happening to me? Because you haven't followed the agreement that you have with your own self and with your destiny and with your lineage. And it's exhausting and it's a huge responsibility. But the responsibility start when you know and reclaim that, yes, there's a lot going on. And that come out, I think, in your reading that there is a lot going on in the world. But where do we start? We have to go back to source, source our, our ancestors, even when I had a client that was telling me that I didn't have a great relationship with my family, so I don't think I, I don't think I have access to my ancestors. I'm like, that's actually a lie. You have more access to your ancestors because they know they need to fix that lineage. They need to fix that communion that you were born into, the container that you're currently in. And the more your relationship with them gets better, you get to know them, you get to know how to appeal to them you get to know how to speak to them you get to know what they need from you they also will take care of everything for you like I was having a joke about my grandma talking to my grandma about my dad it's not a joke sometimes it's very heavy conversation I'm having with my father that I don't know what to say and I'm like okay dad I need a minute and I'm just gonna pause this man for a day and go to the altar and sit there and cry and talk to my grandma and then the next day this man is sending me a message like oh so I just want you to know it's nothing serious I'm sorry for the way I talked you know that and that, those are important because she is invested in my relationship with her son. And it's so powerful. Like, it's just so clear. I'm looking at the cards and I'm listening to you and I'm looking at the hangman and I'm, I've pulled a card to let me know that I'm finished, two of wands. Yeah. And bottom of the deck is six of wands, the victory. And it's like the spiritual power that we have at our disposal and the unnecessary suffering Yes. Um, that we experience. And one of the things they're saying too is like we know what ancestor veneration is, even through colonialism. We look to Jesus and we mm-hmm. commune and we know. Um yeah. and we can take that same energy. <laughs> yeah. And not only the way we look to Jesus, even if you're practicing any Abrahamic religion, that's ancestral relationship. Exactly. The Bible saying this, uh, the course of one generation is going to replicate on seven generations. That's literally what I'm saying. 
-hmm. It's the Bible. It's the scripture. So if you even don't want to explore your ancestral wisdom and wealth of knowledge that is readily available, and I hope you find the right people to go to and people speak. So don't, first of all, I think there's something happening in social media that I really am wary of and I really want to bring up is that a reputable in a person who is a priest who works from place of integrity will never DM you to tell you that your ancestors say so and so. Because that relationship will never go through a third party without coming through you first. You will be the one that be like, I need to talk to someone about my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And then reach out to someone that is, even before you reach out to anybody, go to your ancestors, say, please bring me someone that will connect me to you. And they will do that. Don't trust anybody. And I see that a lot happening, people being scammed out of money because there is a huge need to reconnect with our ancestors. There is a need to connect to the source. There is a need to start doing the work that we haven't been doing for centuries that our parents did not do because they were the first colonized generation. Our grandparents maybe have no access to do because they had to survive slavery or colonialism. Like there are so many things and some of them did the work. But there's just a lot more work to be done. And now we have this, I feel like we have a shift going on, especially right now. I feel like there's a shift of a lot of people are ready to do work and reconnect with their ancestors. And a lot of people are ready also to support them. But it's in the middle of that, there is a lot of, and I said this in one of my channeling, there is a lot of noise. A lot of people who want you to continue in that suffering that you can avoid. And they are using your need to connect to actually scam you. Yeah. And that's where you need to learn to first be the one to talk to your people. They are your people. They are your family. They want to talk to you. Yeah. And we can be the silencer of that noise. Um, we can go within, we can get still, we can listen, and then we can also take action because yep. that is what was told to us here today. So thank you so much for being here with me. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. And I hope that if anything, you t uh, the listeners will take away from this is it's super accessible and easy to talk to your ancestors once you start drinking water and sit down with them with a glass of water and be like, hello, I would like to talk to the reputable, elevated, honorable ancestors in my lineage from my mother and from my father's lineage. Hello, I'm waiting. Thank you. Just sit there. So it is in your own words. But it's so accessible to start the conversation. That's it. You just have to be ready. And when you're ready, they will be too. Yes. <laughs> and the one thing is, even before you call on them, they've always been there. They've mm -hmm. always been looking out for you. There was a moment an ancestor told me to get a machete for them on my altar. And I was like, who are we fighting? <laughs> and they're like, so many people. And I, and I was hesitating, of course, because I'm like, I am a very, no, I, I keep saying I'm not a love and light person, but I'm still like a very person of like, let's find this from a compassionate place. 
but this like the ancestors just keep coming to my dream you need to buy a machete for your altar you need to buy a machete for your altar for me name it like have it named and carved and i was like and it happened like I was in the market in Togo and this guy was selling machetes and he also carved it. And I walked past it. I was going somewhere else and they're like, no, go back, get the machete. And I was like, but I didn't plan to get a machete today at the market. I came for mango. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's what you needed for your protection. And you were obedient. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to be because I know that the ancestors are doing this for me. They want me to be protected. Mm. They want me to be good. And the, that, the more work you do, the more you talk to them, the more you listen to them, the more you commune with them, not just venerate in a way. But And I think if you do the workshop with Samil on the website, you actually get deeper guidance about what are the altars, what, are, what is this, what is that, how do I, all the how-tos, because they're important. But the most important part is your willingness, actually, and your consent to that relationship. That's it. That's it. And that's so powerful. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable and open with us. Um, yeah, and we love you. Thank you for having me. And. I always say our relationships with our ancestors are infrastructures that we need to rebuild, the way we build our house with a foundation, mm -hmm. the way we build our romantic relationship, the way we build our friendships. Sometimes they're mm -hmm. wobbly, they will eat and they will flow, mm -hmm. but they are essential to our development. They are essential to not just our spiritual life, but all of our life because we are holistic humans. We are souls, we are bodies, we are beings that are here. And when you start building with the right team, which is your team, your ancestor is your team, you have everything. And life will wobble and feel flow, but you always know that your foundation is strong. Mm. And I wanted to finish with the fact that people say, but I don't speak the language of my ancestors. Yes, I speak Yoruba and that's a privilege, but they speak whatever language you speak. Sometimes I pray mm -hmm. to my ancestors in Greek. My ancestors in real life are Nigerian Yoruba. They do not, and Berber. They do not speak Greek, but sometimes because Greek is what my first language also, I go in Greek and they get me because you're them. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. It could be dancing, it could be singing, it could be whatever, but speak to them with the intending to connect with them. And language is not going to stop you. Mm. Yeah. Colonialism is an ancestral veneration, and people just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adiola. We said we were not going to talk about more. It's okay. I actually want you to expand on that a little bit if you have time or if you want to. Uh, I have time, but I think about the need to overtake a people, to take over their culture, to put it in a museum, to erase their culture is some people's ancestral. It's their inherited practice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. their practice. And the fact that colonialism keep reinventing itself and calling itself neocolonialism. It's basically keeping that ancestral madness continuing. Mm -hmm. And 
if you are from the continent or you go to the continent enough, you see it. When I go to the West Africa, the amount of white French people I see in West Africa continuing the same practice of their people. I'm just like, you people really want the lineage to keep going and expressing other people. Mm. It it doesn't stop. And okay, Adiola is so controversial. Somebody said, what is the most <laughs> what is the most simple, simple ancestral offering and veneration? How people are feeding their ancestors? The police is feeding their ancestors continuously. Mm. So if the violators, aggressors continue to feed their violent, demonic, oppressive ancestors, it is our not only responsibility, but our duty as people who want liberation to feed our ancestors. And that's why in Hudu and in Ishashe, I personally and the, my teachers believe that ancestral veneration is actually a core part of our liberation as people of African descent. And as a collective, anybody that wants liberation must connect to their ancestors. Because when we think about it, we use the words of Kwame Nkrumah, that's an ancestor. We mm -hmm. inspire by the work of Kwame Ture, that's an ancestor. We get inspired by words of Octavia Butler, Toni Morrison. Those are ancestors that are helping us see a different future, a future that is free for all of us. And if we are doing that, the system that we are fighting, the system of colonialism, which is capitalism, because before for capitalism to exist, colonialism had to exist, all of those continue to feed themselves. Every day somebody died because they couldn't feed themselves. That's capitalism offering itself offering. What offerings are we offering ourselves for freedom? Mm. And it's not controversial at all. I have a little bit of a more even out there um, <laughs> thing that I will, I'll, I don't know if how I will phrase it because I've been thinking about it and theorizing about it, but I've mentioned some of it on my personal Instagram, particularly as it relates to um, star seeds, people who identify as star seeds and people who have um, those lineages and they are a thing and it's real. But when you talk about colonialism and basically our reconnection to the earth, mm -hmm. um, when you say that people are perpetuating their ancestral practices, I think it even goes beyond or past what we, some of us can imagine with our mind and the human. It is also about the earth and mm -hmm. the um, manipulation and invasion of the earth. And yeah. a lot of these practices um, of racism, colonialism, are directly linked to those oppressive beginnings. And so as we reconnect to the earth, as we reconnect to um, our ancestors, we give ourselves the power to be more human every single day and reconnect to our heart. So that is actually what that uh, hangman, six of cups um, spirit is saying is about. And that king of cups is the reconnection to the heart space because so much of the trauma that we've experienced as a humanity is because of the disconnection from the heart. And that is why these behaviors are so um, perpetuated. And so... Uh, yeah. Yes. So we we went there, but we had to. I'm grateful we went there because I think we had to, especially the notion of Statsid saying we are this etheric, inferior 
race. How? If you're inferior, then are you inferior to the earth herself, to the mother, to the center of all of our humanity? It's so funny because you're saying inferior. And I think it's probably because your spirit wouldn't even let you say superior. <laughs> no, I will not use that word. I will not. One of the things my spirit say is never to use the word superior for people uh-huh. who are actually inferior. Because that's giving power to violence. That's and hilarious. I would not. I would Because as you were saying, I'm like, wait, what did, what did she say? But now it makes sense because it was, yeah, I could feel I it so not strongly. Call them superior. No, 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 no. Yeah. Because that's the belief, right? That they're better than everybody else. But you cannot have that belief. And especially in a lot of our practices that are ancestral, we are one with the earth, not just the mm-hmm. earth, but all of its elements. Yeah. So how can you be sp- superior to something that is you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is and that possible. is the oneness. And that is the oneness. That is the intimacy. That is what we're being being called to. Yeah. That is the that is the consciousness. Yeah. We are being called to reconnect, not to be an ascended someone alone, somewhere in the aloof in the air. Like this notion of, oh, I'm ascended and I can't relate with everybody else's trauma and everybody else's life. Yeah, that that's very no. No, that's very colonizer behavior. Let's go colonize Mars and Chiron. And no, no, let's stay here and fix this. Mm. Let's heal and heal what we have instead of going to other people's land to take and take and exhaust and kill. Why? Mm. And hoard, hoard. Yeah, I don't want to go there because there's so much about hoarding things that you don't even need, hoarding things that are not yours to hoard, claiming things that are not yours to claim, people claiming, I am not a Yoruba person. But how? How are you a Yoruba person? How are you renaming yourself an Orisha devotee when your people killed Orisha devotee and took all of our spiritual artifacts in their museum? How? I know, but I'm I'm just gonna stop that. <laughs> my wish and my desire um, is that everybody will connect to their ancestors, yes, um, their ancestral practices, at least at the minimum. Yeah, and learn the protocol of that mm-hmm. because every system. Have its own infrastructure. Yes, at least at the minimum. And I am grateful to your ancestors for bringing this to be, for allowing us to have this conversation. I not only pray, but I hope for more honest conversation that are led and guided by spirit and by the ancestors themselves because a lot of what we've done here is our ancestors interacting with each other Mm. and that's the healing that we need that's the that's the rebirth not even rebirth that's the reclaim of our lineage Mm. that we need because the birthing has always been here it's reclaiming what is ours, reconnecting with who we are, but also mm. allowing the, the conversations that they want to have to be had. 
Well, I think we did good. (laughs) You've been listening to the Overflow Podcast. You can find more about our work and our offerings at overflow.co, including our life class, Reclaiming Our Bloodlines. Thank you for listening.